How's it going, guys? I'm Zeke. And I'm Jake. And you're listening to the Cinema Sideshow Podcast, episode 20... Eight. 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 Ooh, that was embarrassing. It's a, <laughs> so a bit of a pregnant pause there between was, the, I just, the 20 well, and I the wanted eight. Actually, I was trying to let you finish my... Oh, okay, I see. I thought its sentence would have been the next one. I thought word. you forgot within the last 10 seconds of us talking no, about which episode No, this not is. at all. How no, are you, Zeke? I'm, I love how I used to say it. Now I feel like you're saying it I to feel me. like we bounce off. Someone go back and count how many times. Because I think we do, we do it every week, surely. We ask yeah, each other how we're doing. I'm good. Um, we've just started semester. Today is officially day our one. First, first day of our final semester. Day 1A. Oh, oh, our final semester. You're correct. Holy crap. To be concluded. Who knows if it is our final semester. So that means after much uh, concern and troublesome, we have managed to get back into the uh, recording booth. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I think it's nice to be back. No, I I think so too. I do like my couch and our comfort. And uh, I'm sure following our conclusion here with this next stint of episodes... Uh, when we have our own personal recording area, mm. we'll really kind of put some effort into I think, giving yeah. the best product. Exactly. I think it'll be um, good to kind of go out, go to Mega Music, as we did before. Yes. And uh, look out for some, yeah, some upgrading. Because um, I, like, I love your catch. But um, I think by the next round, because we're going to be back in the booth for the next 14, 15, 16 weeks or so. Yeah. Depends however long till Possibly, they kick us out. Possibly maybe till the end of the year. Um, oh, that's a good point, actually. And then uh, we'll next time. There. Yeah, we'll go from there. We'll see what happens. But yeah. no, I'm doing all right. It's been um, a relatively light week for me, mm. film-wise. Haven't particularly watched too many. It's been, it's, it was a tough, it was a weird break because I don't feel like we accomplished mm. breaks. We, we came off a pretty frustrating first half of the year, um, as you probably could tell towards the end of the last couple of weeks, podcast-wise. <laughs> There definitely was a bit of a tonal shift on our, uh, not not each other, but to yeah. the world around us. Yeah, exactly. And, um, so going into this last semester, we're hoping to give a hundred and ten, but we'll, mm. and we'll see how everything pans out. But we'll see. Well, we're drinking uh, about what a few episodes ago. We we're drinking beer during our, during our yeah. show. Now we're back to coffee. So back to coffees. I think we're so. back in the groove. Well, exactly. that's inter- it's interesting because like I think in this last week, if you don't mind, I think I'm going to put our career stuff. At the front of this episode. Okay. Because I think it kind of ties in what we're just talking about. Absolutely. Yeah, I think this past week for both of us, we've had a lot of fun in terms of gear. And you've yes. got you've got some gear. I've got some gear that I want to talk about as well. Just not any products or films or anything mm-hmm. like that. I'll have some news next week, actually, on the Disconnected DVD. I think this time next week, everyone's going to have a really much better idea of what, what's happening with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but until then, uh, we were just basically boys were playing with our toys in the last week yeah no at the start of last week i think mm. it was it was monday or tuesday uh we um you got a drone yeah well uh, what happened i actually got a drone like over a month ago yeah and i never had time to open it up and then by the time i did it was stuffed out of the box it was like just broken <laughs> <laughs> some calibration Almost. issues so you are correct technically i got my working drone mm-hmm. yeah last week or the week before actually yeah and but, yeah. um we got to test that out in the field i mm. also managed to purchase a couple of new mm, a couple of new toys a couple of new toys um that day we went out and shot the, the drone footage and i uh, put a little like teaser on instagram and it came of me working with my new gimbal which what's is, your instagram handle zeke uh zeke mh Nice so, and clean. Very clean. I've always like been very it. happy with that that handle. That is a good name. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I got the Moser Air 2 gimbal and was like, 
had it for a couple of days, but didn't get to go out and really try it in the field mm. because it's one of those things you kind of need a human subject to play around with yeah. and, or something to track. Well, even just, you're right, like an object or a person track, but even the environment, mm-hmm. you can't just do it in your room. It's not as fun. It, it's not. And we went down to like the pond just down the road from where I am and uh, took some really cool footage and just playing around with that stuff. And then mm. later in the week, I got the magical call. The magical call the on the call, Wednesday. Yeah. Right for um, Wednesday. <laughs> got a call from our boys at Leadable Cameras. And our boys. I, <laughs> I finally got the camera I've been waiting for for months. I literally purchased it. Um, as of probably the end of this week, exactly two months ago. Wow. Um, and finally while. came in a uh, big camera that's been getting a lot of buzz, the Blackmagic Pocket Cinema mm. 4K. Um, and That's probably the best camera we own between a lot of us. Yeah. and That we own, not rent sort of thing. Honestly, I mean, we've, we've been talking about the Blackmagic stuff uh, and how amazing it's sort of innovating on the one now, the DSLR market, but... The, the larger studio cameras that mm. you can that really are a peg above and a fraction of the cost and honestly uh, pairing it with the gimbal mm. was like a, oh, I mean yeah. you, you guys got to see it firsthand what it looks like <laughs> it's it's pretty insane um, it's a bit it's a bit of a beast and we, I can't wait to start making stuff with it yeah absolutely um, particularly with a couple of scripts that I've thrown your way over the break too um, if we're we're really diving into mm. the career stuff. I know, so we're going head first. <laughs> um, yeah, no, had a obviously took um, this break as an opportunity to write some new scripts and kind of throw them at different parties, shop them around a little bit. Yeah, um, just, when you said, I just imagine you at a party giving people scripts. scripts. <laughs> hey, what do you think of this? Just like every writer force, no, like drunk. <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> bro, I'll take it. I really, yeah, yeah I really appreciated. Um, uh, you've given a lot of feedback and insight in some of those scripts, and hopefully we'll we'll look into making those later yeah, in the there's year. There's a couple in particular I'm so excited about. Yeah, yeah, and so, yeah. I mean we've we're officially technically as of today officially commencing quote unquote our pre-productions for yeah oh yeah yeah for our, uh, some of the other stuff we got going on yeah so yeah. we might talk about that in a couple of weeks when there's something sure, when more there's to... some solid tangible news I suppose yeah but yeah but stay tuned I'm sure there'll be some content awesome. teasers at some point. So yeah. So um so if you want to see any of the videos we've me and Zeke were playing around mm. with, Zeke MH on Instagram, you get a little mm. thirty second teaser playing around with your stabilizer. Yeah. But um hopefully we see a bit more of the uh, the black magic is it mini? Black magic mini. Uh back magic back black magic pocket <laughs> cinema camera four K. It is the worst acronym. I was gonna say we need an actual like acronym for BMP CC four K. Oh, uh, quick on that one. Look at you. Yeah, I've had to Google it that <laughs> oh, much. Oh, gotcha, um, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, but yeah, no, I'm really looking forward. To, I'm hoping to try and maybe look into doing some shorter skit one day stuff, mm. just to play around for the throw it out there. Nice. Um, definitely more uh, Instagram video stuff. Yeah, just in the like the the medium time. So yeah, yeah and I've just been playing around with a couple of lighting setups in mm. the break and experimenting with some of my lights all that jazz yeah just like yeah. just as you put out a uh, drone video yeah well that's the thing um i also put out a little two minute drone footage of just yeah just all the footage we kind mm. of accumulated zeke has his cameo at the end 
I do. Jack has his I think I like Naruto. He does the Naruto. I think the, the baseball one I like the most. Actually, oh, it was so you, fun. When you like, ba- he baseballed away. Yeah. I thought that was cool. But we were running on like 5% batteries. <laughs> I was like, Jack, quickly, Some pretend to hit the Great drone. looking footage in there. I like the stuff, particularly out in the, the rural area. Like, it looks Oh, a bit it's rural. so much more gorgeous there, eh? Like, mm. I, I like the, um, I mean, the buildings was a cool yeah. thing because I don't see a lot of people with drones try that stuff. They usually do right, take it out into different areas but um the stuff with like you know the pond the stuff we did at the pond was beautiful yeah no absolutely i love that yeah. stuff we gotta get gotta get more of that stuff yeah. i think but it was a fun day it was a fun day it was like a tuesday just let's play with our little you know our gear like grown-ups yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> no i think we've been um i've been pretty light on content i've actually watched a lot of shows this last week okay um so the big one uh I've been watching Friends for the first time the whole way through. First time been... ever. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. And I'm just at the end of the first season enjoying that, but it's not quite on the how. And when I normally do it in doses, I'll watch uh, Friends and then a couple episodes I'll watch How I Met Your Mother and I'll go back yeah. and forth on the two because there's a, a strange parallel between the two uh, shows. But okay. The big show, honestly, I've started What's watching. What's the difference time-wise between them being released? This is amazing. Friends finished... Um, in 2004, How I Met yep. Another started in 2005. Wow, look at that. So it was a it was a roundabout. It was meant to um, be, Zeke. Yeah, and you can see a lot of similarities between the two. And I know people are like, oh, Friends is the original, hmm. but our generation was more raised on How I Met Your Mother. So I think yeah, I've got a closer and softer spot for How I Met Your Mother, but I do enjoy Friends. Um, but the big show that I started watching... After weeks and weeks, no, probably years. Yeah, yeah, weeks, maybe, it? maybe years, short. maybe years. Uh, but I started watching Bojack happen. Horseman. Woohoo! Yeah, I know you're very happy, and I'll probably give consistent updates as I watch. I'm just about at the end of the first season of that, and you, you come and shook my hand today. I did. I really do enjoy that show. I'm glad. Um, I think it's my favorite Netflix show easily. Yeah, I mean Netflix original. I can I can see why. I can't even think of one that I like more than that show. So you're probably wow, right too. Okay. On Netflix and original. You're not even on season two yet. This is insane. Like. Yeah, I really enjoy it. I think it's got some real. Like I said to you off off air. Yeah. Um, I I draw a lot of parallels between it and Community. Um, Community is definitely the kind of like the BoJack Light version. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's not as morbid in parts as uh, even just from first impressions of. Mm. If I took the first season of Community, I took the first season of of um of BoJack. BoJack. Yeah, and um, I always had a really soft spot for Community. I think Community might be my favorite like sitcom comedy of wow. the, like of all time. Wow. Okay. Um. If we're talking about just the first three seasons, three seasons, but um, <laughs> the Dan Harmon legacy. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I watched Community the like the first four seasons the whole way through. I think five or six times. Wow. Okay. Like, um, I love that show. I think it has some amazing like it does. It has the seeds of what Harmon would go on to do with Rick and Morty, mm. but um, he has a really good way of balancing comedy with kind of tragedy. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think it is Bojack light in the sense of that okay, sort of seesaw because yep. I think Bojack has far heavier, uh, stuff going on and stuff. It's insanely, like, what is absurd about that show that I don't understand, but I, I love, and it's really critically acclaimed Bojack on like Rotten it, Tomatoes it really, and stuff. I think, I think season one's the only season that doesn't have a hundred percent. Yeah. And I was, I was amazed by it when I read that, like I went through and all the critic consensus cause it's like. 
it walks this real fine line, but it's also like relatable. It's almost mm. like I know Arnett's an executive producer on it too. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, and Aaron Paul for sure. Yeah, he was um, the first person cast, I think. And it almost feels like it's that balance. It walks that fine line between absurdist and reality, mm. and sort of akin to things like Eternal Sunshine. Which, okay. Uh, when yeah. you think about it, walks that sort of crazy but tragic line, or Jim and Andy, like those documentary, mm. these things that. That at at a surface level, it's kind of this like crazy shallow premise, but then you yep. you peel back that very skin deep layer, and you've got all of this other stuff going on underneath. And I really appreciated it. Or oh, I'm already appreciating yeah, yeah. it. And... I'm 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 really excited for you because this. I mean, this show. I remember. I I distinctly remember because I think only the first three seasons were out when I binged it for the mm. first time, and I. You actually, I'm kind of shocked by this because you're actually a bit less harsh on the first season than I am. Because I remember telling you, I think those first five episodes mm-hmm. of BoJack are really, really rough. Yeah. And I've, reviewers seem to agree with that, but you were a bit more open for it. I was. I mean, honestly, if we're tying it back to, I already feel like it's got a very community-esque vibe to it where it mm-hmm. almost feels like uh, every character, I mean, like I said, Bear in mind, I do think Community is the lighter version, but mm. I do think Jeff Winger has a lot of parallels to uh, BoJack. Okay. And personally, even in a life sort of point of view, the way Joel McHale carried himself, I can see there's like rela- like rela- relation to both. And But in BoJack, you kind of care about more than just BoJack's character. You oh. do care about the, the group yeah. um, of them. And they all have moments of uh, solidarity, but they always come back together. And it's this kind of... Cool thing. I I think the the first few episodes are definitely like you said, more akin to Family the Guy. Very Family Guy. The cutaway gags and the kind of is very weak humor. It it almost feels awkward. like the the five episodes they gave were to get the money to make the rest. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it felt yeah. like maybe they took the first five to a Netflix panel and were like, huh? And then everyone goes. Yeah, all right. I, we need one of these kinds of comedies, and then yeah. they just snuck in the other eight or nine episodes in the first well, season. It's interesting because I—I mean, I've read about this. I'm a little rusty on my BoJack history here, but I know mm. it was very much a case of they had a, a pilot episode <laughs> one, and then they went from there. Um, but they had very—they had like no time at all to produce this first season. Like, okay, I, they had like maybe six or seven months or something like that That's crazy. to do episodes two to twelve. So. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just so impressive on that front. I might actually be into season two. The problem with Netflix is impossible to tell when you okay. change seasons. Well, what's um, what's like the most recent thing you remember happening? Uh, he just had that episode where he got given the role of uh, the Secretary. runner. Yeah, that one. Okay, and yes, you he... might actually be right on dead season two. Okay, and he got that role, and his mum apologized to him on the phone. Okay, so that's. I don't know where that sits. I'm trying to remember that. Apologize. Um, yeah, I mean, it really, it's a really good show, honestly. You yeah. might be into season two. Maybe I am now. Was that an apology, though? I'm trying to remember. Sort of was. It was like a conversation with the two on the phone. Oh, okay. I think you're in season two, episode two now. Oh, there we go. Wow. I have to remember. I love Bojack the show, man. dude. Uh, I really, <laughs> yeah, I've really enjoyed the, the show. Um, it has, like, moments of severe relatability, particularly mm. from, like, creative points of view. And I've kind of been delving more into, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff this last week. I've been watching a lot of, like, how TV shows kind of get their um, funding and their, okay. like, and how that, like... Particularly, like, like I go back to community because community has been a focal point of the last week for me. I've been watching a lot of things on 
how that show kind of seesawed and it was always on the brink of being cancelled but oh, still wow. kept trugging along. And, okay. Um, and then, of course, Harmon got axed from the show because of, of things he was doing in personal life-related yep. stuff. And um, really interesting. But then, like, the cast wanted him back so bad because the show wasn't the same without Harmon. Mm. And I think BoJack has a really cool uh, undertone to it, which I've already enjoyed. And maybe I'm drawing a lot of parallels to Community because some of the actors from Community are in BoJack yeah, too. Yeah, that's a Alison, good point, Alison Brie is also in BoJack, so... Yeah. I, Oh, she's so good. The whole, the whole like, main five cast. Yeah. Is, and some of the guest stars they get in in the future. There have been some good ones already. Yeah, um, man. Um, so I've, Season really... two has some bangers. Yeah. You'll see. So it's, uh, I'm looking... I'm enjoying watching that show. It's It's been a little hard watching films the last couple of weeks because I've been just a bit busy. I've been doing a lot yep. of the movie, doing the movies of the weeks and then just... Uh, kind, kind of bouncing? Kind of just... Yeah. More in a meditative part. We were in a lull. Part. I always find I always hate the middle of the year. I hate July and uh, June and July and, and okay. August. I hate this three month block because it's just so winter. <laughs> yeah, because I always feel like yeah. nothing ever happens in these months. You mean in in film or what do you just, mean? Just in body, general, everything. Just in general. Yeah, okay. film especially. Okay. We talked about how after our, we're going to talk later in the show about our film of the week. Mm. There's not a lot of things really that yeah, interesting coming that's true. out. There's, we're really starting to dry out, which I'm for this show in particular. I'm excited for because mm-hmm. I think we can start to dwell. And I, I think a lot of people notice that we've been kind of forced to do a lot of films. They're like, oh, it just came out in theaters, and mm-hmm. I think it's going to be nice that we can start to backtrack a little. And start yeah, because I honestly reckon our best episodes on here have been episodes where it wasn't something that came out. Yeah, uh, exactly. The week of, or it was there were the episodes like. Uh, Nebraska. Nebraska uh, was a great one. I mean, it's like these Once ones. Once was a great one. These ones where we've gone back and we've and blind spotting. I mean, these ones that yeah, aren't in theaters anymore, but and 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 are just kind of gems that need to be talked about. And, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, you have a better chance of finding a good litter, you know, from the from the the box, if you will, mm-hmm. um, going through old stuff because if you you don't know what to expect from a new release. Yeah. And I um, and I think. Um, with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood coming, uh, which is now just doing its I'm start so doing its run in, in the US, US. yeah. But we have to wait another month. I know. I'm so uh, angry about that. <laughs> which I don't understand that. So thanks, Quinton. Uh, I know it's totally your thanks, fault, Thanks, Quinton. Um, but yeah, like oh, you genius. Uh, that film, and you were talking about it with Jack earlier today. There's only mm. like maybe three or four films you're interested in coming. Well, we're, we're talking. It's funny because Jack was gonna. We were planned for him to be on the podcast, and he couldn't make it unfortunately. But however, he did actually sit down mm-hmm. with Jada, and the four of us watched it, the film of the week, Book Smart today. Yes. Um, so I guess we can kind of bounce off some of his thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he apologizes he can't be here today, unfortunately. But we were saying what Jack films are coming out this week. <laughs> More specifically, what films would he mm-hmm. want to come on? He wants to come off Once Upon a Time in the West, uh, in the in the in Hollywood. Holy crap! I'm an idiot. Um, uh, you're not really an idiot because you can tell that's totally like that's part of the play on. I think. Yeah, that's totally intentional. Uh, I imagine. Yeah. yeah. Um, Knives Out is one that he totally wants to. Still haven't seen a trailer for it. So, really? No. Oh, dude, it looks so good. So I have to. I always want to go in, in blind. In your head, in your head. Uh, that's actually a really good idea. You should do that because you should totally do that. Because I haven't seen a trailer yet. I said I've seen, and unless I see one in the in this theater before it comes out, I don't really feel compelled to go see it. I feel like you probably won't. I bet yeah. you'll get lucky. No trailer, nothing's going to come out. That's the Tucker Watiti one, right? No, 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 no. That's the uh, Ryan Johnson one. Okay. <laughs> 
glad you were oh, here. Re- I was about to say that. I was like, the only thing you know about this film is writer and director of The Last Jedi. Okay. So well, you're going to love it. I see. didn't even know that. But uh, um, I don't mind Johnson's... We've talked we, to death about... Yeah, I think the, we have, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, we had a huge debate even last week down at uh, where oh, I was working. <laughs> Triage, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, but oh, so good. I think, um, yeah, no, I'm... I mean, I'll, Johnson I'm, does a whodunit, you know? It's going to be fun. Yeah, I'll probably just... I'll just go unblinded and enjoy it. I think you should. I think. I mean, I I love the trailer to death, but that sounds even more exciting. You mm. should do that blind. Um, what's what's um what Titty's one again? The trailer just came out for it. Where he he literally plays Hitler. <laughs> Don't know it, but I'll go to see oh, it. I'm forgetting it's the title. Film. I'm an asshole. But that's I'll okay. do a quick fact check on that. You one. can do a quick fact check while uh, I talk about something that I watched in the last week. Okay. Speaking of our boy Quinton. I watched for the first time ever, and I said this in the last podcast, uh, Pulp Fiction. Now, I've seen Django, and I've seen Reservoir Dogs, Mm -hmm. and I think his work is excellent. And then I saw Pulp Fiction for the first time ever in a theater. Went to In the Loo with my friend Mel, and she loves the movie to death, and she's like, Jake, you need to see this on the big... You need to see the the full experience. Mm -hmm. And holy crap, that film is... Oh, it's so good. I understand, like... I mean, Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit, thank you. That's, that's also looking really, um, really good. We'll as go well. see it anyway. Have you seen the trailer for that? No. You should watch the trailer for that too. I think it's I, really enticing. Man, I'll just go. I'll go and blind to them. Yeah, okay, yeah you're correct. Do that, please. Because because the whole thing isn't the idea of a trailer to sell <laughs> to, you on the to, film. Yeah. But if you're going to the film, absolutely, you don't need to be sold on the film. That's a good point. You know, I agree with that. You should do that. Uh, but yeah, no. But, um, talk about Pulp Fiction because Pulp Fiction probably has one of the best opening scenes of all time. Oh my god, it really does. And I was I was this close to missing that opening scene because of me we were really like pulling the rug under ourselves with getting to the movie on time, but I I caught it. I caught the opening scene <clears> and I was only told 3 minutes before the film started this is in non-chronological order. I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. Let's jump into this." Way less complicated than the first time viewing you obviously trying to piece <clears> it together in your head. When I sit back and I'm like, "Okay, the actual story, it's like it's actually pretty easy to rewire it in chronological yeah, it's, order. Yeah, it's sort of like uh, equivalent to like Reservoir Dogs, which is also... Absolutely, yeah. Not chronological, but easy to wire together. Yeah, exactly. Well, the thing, the thing with Pulp Fiction, this is obviously... This is all stuff that I kind of found mm-hmm. out after the fact, is that from the very get-go, it was always going to be that... Essentially, several short stories kind of loosely wired together. And that was kind of what I was getting the feeling of when watching as well. Mm-hmm. This, I'm like, this just feels like like four really, really long scenes stretched mm-hmm. into a giant film. And I kind of love that. Okay. And rewatching it over, like I've rewatched it so many times because I had it on Blu-ray. So mm-hmm. I was just immediately after seeing it, I was like, let's put it back in Blu-ray, rewatch it, watch all the bonus features, all that stuff. I just got really excited. Um, oh my God. It's just, it's, it's so, it sticks with you. I mean, that's the main thing. Yeah. The characters I, and... I, I, yeah. I've always liked Pulp Fiction, but if we're talking about my favorite Tarantino, Reservoir Dogs is still first. And... Okay. Probably Hateful Eight is honestly I enjoy Hateful Eight, and I, it's a very polarizing film because I know some people really don't like it. I'm gonna try and watch that tomorrow, Hateful Eight. Um, I really like that one because I like the idea of I, I kind of like bottle movies, mm-hmm. which are you know when you put all your characters in in one place and you just kind of let them sort their shit out as <laughs> as it goes. And I like Pulp Fiction's opening scene. I don't know if I like it. I like I do think it's probably the, the one of the best of openings of all time. But I always have had a soft spot. For the Reservoir Dogs opening scene. That's a great with, opening with, scene, too. With the tipping conversation. And not too dissimilar, in no. a way, yeah. No, but I, I think it helps establish... Um, obviously, I think the benefit of Reservoir Dogs 1 is it helps establish 
all the characters yeah. in one scene, whereas obviously uh, Pulp Fiction only establishes Tim Roth and uh, the ladies. Uh, I'm forgetting uh, a name, man. Can't forget her, I can't remember I her name. But <laughs> both of them, yeah, it establishes their characters, but we don't really get to see, obviously, Samuel and, and John Travolta mm. until you know, other scenes that ensue, which are equally yeah. as interesting. Like, they all have really good intro character scenes. Yeah. Oh, it's it's brilliant. And, um, like, and there's a lot of stuff. I remember reading somewhere, the re- one of the, I don't know if this was the reason, but, like, Bruce Willis's character, for example, mm-hmm. um, he's introduced way earlier than he needs to be because he's in the bar when John Tavolta walks past. And it's obviously a nice little note to where their stories kind of mm-hmm. intercross later in the film. Um, but you're right, in terms of introducing these characters... Um, even though some of them might not be relevant to like an hour later in the film, yeah. but just being really clever about it, I really yeah. appreciate it. It's a really clever film. The only other film I caught this last week, and I am really happy I caught this film because I haven't watched it literally since it came out in mm. theaters. I went and I, I thankfully Jack, being a lad, bought this Blu-ray one time. We were in JB Hi-Fi nice. for me. It was just a lad. Uh, I watched Logan for the first the first time since it came out. Oh my in, god! In cinemas, and it almost feels like. A, we keep, I keep watching these films and enjoying them and wanting to have a whole episode dedicated to them. But mm. um, Logan, to me, is still one. It's definitely the best uh, superhero movie of all time. One of the best westerns of all time as well. It's It actually is It's pretty damn near perfect for a film. It's it, it's really hard not to... I, I don't know how to describe how... But the film is just amazing. Mm. It's just like... But it's it's the first time I ever... Because it's obviously the first time when I watched it. It wasn't with a critical eye. It was more like, it's the next Wolverine film. I'm right, watch okay, it. okay. Um, and then walked out amazed by it mm. and was like, wow, this is amazing. And for some reason, never bought it on Blu-ray. And then... I think I've got it on the 4K Blu-ray yeah, disc. But yeah. hot tamale, Jake. <laughs> that... Film is it's it's perfect, and I and then I proceeded to watch all the Blu-ray uh, special features. Right, for gotcha, it. gotcha. Um, I think I have two actually. Back in the day, yeah, I watched them all. it's it's perfect. It literally, I mean, I think uh, what Sir Patrick Stewart he mm. quit after it, like he retired. I think after he that. literally watched the the cut of the film and said, "That's it, I'm done. Doesn't get better than that." It's a it's a perfect checkout right there. Mm. But I think um, it's one of those films that I, I don't want to say it's been forgotten. But I, th- I think it doesn't get it. with given all the events, especially with the MCU mm. in the last year, we need to remind ourselves that this film is the best of all time in that <laughs> genre, and also kind of. I mean, it talks about the death of a genre sort of thing, you know. I think yeah, well, exactly. I mean, it's about that oversaturation. It's about these superhero icons dying essentially mm. in front of our eyes, slowly and dreadfully. But I, I don't think we appreciate the fact that it, it, it talks like even on a meta level this oh, film it's um, such a meta film and it has a really good like meta commentary on it and it's something that i thought you would think about when you watched that film mm. uh if if marvel hadn't already been what halfway through their mcu right. phase one you would feel like that would be a great note to finish that sort of time in our lives but mm. obviously now Given even recent events, Marvel announcing what like six or seven new films or something like that. I, something like there's a lot of shows. Yeah, I was hoping to get Jack on this episode to talk about that specifically. He I think you guys made a comment today it, but... that by the time Avatar two comes out, there'll be twenty seven. Yeah, yeah, MCU yeah, yeah. films, which is since ins- the first one, I think. Since the first, so not one. even including the first Iron Man and Hulk. I think. So that's insane to think about even that, and it's like I mean, it's more of a commentary in that we don't need Avatar two. <laughs> Yeah, that's my I mean, takeaway from you that. You can definitely draw from <laughs> but, both. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, we're we're running out. I think we're running out of time for superhero films too. But obviously, mm. um, and I feel like this film was obviously a comment on, hey guys, this is going to die eventually. I mean, it's yeah. like saying that Unforgiven was the death of the Western. We've still had westerns mm. since Unforgiven, but obviously it's become a but sparing... it was that forewarning almost. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a film that needs to. Uh, if it hasn't, if you haven't watched it, you need to watch it. And if and... I've, I've virtually haven't seen any other X Men films, and I think this movie's fantastic. So, scratch yeah. that. If you haven't seen, if you don't care, don't care. Just watch Logan. Well, on it's, it's honestly, it doesn't feel, bar maybe the last scene, it doesn't feel like a superhero film. Right. It, fe- it very much is. Point, the, it's almost the case of the two guys with powers are more the case of like Frankenstein's monster sort of thing. They're kind of like this. Yeah. Uh, you know, ugly well, part of the outcast, world that people, yeah, yeah they're, they're part of the world that people forget. And um, I just really enjoy it. I like the first time I sat down with a, a critical eye and was like, right, I'm not going to let my preconceived note, I'm going to watch this film. And it, it it's perfect. The way it's yeah. shot, the way it's, I don't know, like how that film, even now I feel like is, is neglected more than it should. It should get a lot more attention. Hmm. Just on in the superhero conversation, because I feel like now I think it's because it distanced itself from the superhero yeah. genre in a way that yeah. maybe that's why it's not part of the conversation so much. I think at the end of all of this this era, mm. it should definitely be something that gets pointed out as probably that like when we all when all the dust settles and all the MCU stuff, and we have a real look back at which film was the best superhero film of the last. Right, what, twenty twenty. It would be like twenty five years at that point. Yeah, I mean you can go back to the late nineties, I suppose with. Superhero movies in general. Yeah. This era, yeah. I think I enjoy that film. I think I enjoy Logan, honestly, probably more than the Batman films, which is a real... Whoa. That's a brave, that's a brave thing to say. Definitely rank it up there for sure. I mean, I Logan's the a brilliant it's, film. I think it's because it's just more intimate than I feel like. Less yeah. grandiose, which I, I know is the point of like Dark Knight and stuff like that. But honestly, go back and watch that film. It's it's pretty perfect. I think, I think the thing, my favourite thing about Logan is this... In terms, obviously, Logan as a character, Wolverine, you know, he regenerates health and this kind mm-hmm. of thing. He's like semi invincible. Or well, that's how I imagine the character. Well, without, yeah, it's the lack having, of stake. Yeah, without really having seen any of the other X Men films. But what Logan does so perfectly is like you literally feel his pain for the entire duration of the film. Yeah. Whenever he's you know, trying to pump bullets out of his chest, or like as he kind of gets here, even like his claws like not coming out all the way, just stuff like that. It's like so brilliant. It's like this guy's old and in pain. Uh, mentally and physically, and it just that mm-hmm. is the thing that I take away so much from Logan. It's absolutely, brilliant. it's such a brilliant film. Well, uh, do you want to break into a? You got anything else uh, to add before? I don't we... think so. Well, let's before we jump in, I want to put it out to our audience. Uh, something we talked about uh, earlier. First time ever, we are giving our audience some sort of tangible uh, sort of thing to get involved with the show. Yeah, we have to keep it fresh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, as we talked about earlier, our boy Quinton mm-hmm. has a new movie coming out. Now, I think we're, we're announcing this a bit prematurely, but our next director's corner will be a Tarantino film. Yeah, so episode 30, obviously, because we try and do them every five episodes. Yep. Uh, we're choosing that you guys get the option of picking which film we're going to watch Ooh. in Tarantino's sort of... Uh, legacy, I suppose. Legacy? Is eight film legacy? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess nine now. If nine? nine films Just out before there now. we review Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Which will be... Probably 31 or 32. I think 31, it'll be out here in Australia. Okay. I think. Uh, if we do our math correctly. Now, because we couldn't really decide on which film we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. We tend to do directorial debuts where we can. Not exclusively. We did Memento. Yes. So, 
sometimes we get off the beaten track. Not on purpose, but <laughs> it happens. That's true. So, audience, we're going to put, what, rankings on our, I guess, our pages, our Instagram and whatnot. Yeah, we're going to do uh, probably little polls. Polls, yeah. Little polls. Um, I think the two in contention that we were yep. most comfortable with are the two we've actually talked about the most probably on this show. There you go. Or well, the two we um, mentioned today. Mentioned with today. Um, we're willing to do either Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs for this yep. conversation. Because um, I wanted Reservoir Dogs, Jake wanted Pulp Fiction. Um, but we're both also interchangeable uh, with that. And to be fair, we're probably going to do both eventually. Yeah. So. But which one gets there? Which one gets the first Grubby hands save. on episode 30. Yeah. Um, so what we'll do, yeah, we'll just do collective polls on our Instagram and, uh, yeah, our social nice. medias. And by next week, we'll obviously know. Yeah, and, and we'll uh, probably we'll announce by the end of the next episode. Yeah, typical then, yeah. typical announcement. But we're starting a bit of audience engagement to mix it up a little that's bit. That's the one. I was looking for the word. Um, <laughs> engagement, that's it. And if it if it goes well this time, then maybe maybe even every director's corner, we pick a director Whoa. and pit two of their films against each other. I'm sure Jesse will appreciate that next time he's on I, the director's corner. I bet Jesse's cor- going to love this, that yeah. we're giving them the, some choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Uh, go on Instagram at ZekeHM. No, MH. MH. I know your last name, don't worry. Yeah. Zeke MH, or you can go to Jake the Clicker on my Instagram. And, yeah. uh, and if vote. you want a double vote, we'll take into yeah, account. Yeah, we're, we're okay with that. You, if you're really keen to watch Reservoir Dogs um, or you're really keen to watch uh, Pulp Fiction, then that's fine. Then you go ahead, you double vote that. But I think this is cool because the director's corner is, yeah, although they haven't always been the first film, we always try and aim for a film that sums up the director. Or mm. when you talk about the director, it may not be their first film, it's the film that we kind of identify as their breakout film. So obviously yep. with the memento... Which either of these films could count for. Absolutely. I mean, one set up the other and then one is probably more well-known than the other. Mm. So it's it's it, that sort of fine line between the two. I mean, with Nolan, I know he did the, the, the following. following. Yeah. Um, how many people watched The Following? But how many people watched <laughs> Memento? And that's kind of the, the yeah. ground we sort of... I think Tarantino, there's less of a jump. Mm. I think both films are quite equally well-known or respected... Yeah. Um, in that front, so it is a bit. But of on a that note, Jake, yeah, our movie of the week is also a directorial debut. But what is yes, it? Yes, it is. So the directorial debut of Olivia Wilde. Uh-huh. Today we watched Booksmart. It's the last day. We got you through high school. I need to go over the end of the year budget numbers. Can we just graduate, head off to college? That should do it, right? We will persist. I can't hear you. I can't soundproof glass. Academic overachievers Amy and Molly thought keeping their noses to the grindstone gave them a leg up on their high school peers. But on the eve of graduation, the best friends suddenly realised that they may have missed out on moments of their teenage years. Mm, Determined to make up for lost time, the girls decided to cram four years of not-to-be-missed fun into one night, a chaotic adventure that no amount of book smarts could prepare them for. Ah, I see. They worked book smarts into the synopsis. (laughs) Ah, that's actually that's bad, right? Aren't you supposed to like not put your title? Is in that a rule? The log line, right? That's, that's a, not a rule, is it? I feel like that's sort of a rule. It's like I, you know, hmm. when you describe your film, you never use the name of your film. I think maybe that's a. I I don't know. It could be kind of cutesy if you're smart about it. Yeah, well, that's fair. I mean, okay. I think it kind of makes sense. Weird semantics. Okay, that's our review of Booksmart. Good night, folks. <laughs> this film, we have literally come from the theatre. The screening. Um, what, yeah. like an hour ago? Yeah, roughly. 
And uh, we got now, our coffees before the got our coffees recording. Before. Of course yeah. we did. We, we're not we're not doing a review without I caffeine. No, we're not amateurs. We're not amateurs. We're going to be drinking while we do the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly. Um, first first impression, shake. Um, really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great time. I thought it was very well made. I think it loses a bit of steam in the third act, but um, overall left a really good impression on me. I think um, Olivia Wilde did a great job. Yeah, I think Olivia Wilde did pretty good. Um, I enjoyed this film. Uh, can totally see why people have drawn parallels to Superbad. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, even to the point where it almost feels like some of the things that happen are almost borderline identical to Superbad. Mm, some um, plot points and whatnot. Uh, Fair enough. Which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about a bit more in detail in a sec. But honestly, yeah, really enjoyed this film. Probably enjoyed it more than Superbad. Mm. So, um, which is interesting because even as Jack was driving us from the theatre, he did comment on uh, Superbad is definitely the guy version. This is the the, the girl version of this yep. film. I'm inclined to disagree. I think... Um, okay. In the sense that I feel like this one's definitely probably more universal. There, as I do actually think Superbad is very exclusive to males. I think oh, okay, so what you mean. Yep. this film, a guy can go watch this and enjoy this film. Whereas I feel like if a guy, if a, if a girl watches Superbad, there's a good chance that they're probably not going to enjoy the okay. film as much. I, yeah, you're, you're probably right, actually. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just off that immediate positive reception, this film's obviously mm. appealing to more than just women. Yep. So, um, which I'm... First, one to say that there are there are definitely gender films out there. There are films that are definitely more for men, and then there are films that are definitely more for women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really Chick enjoyed this. Flicks, film. they call them. Yeah, and then there's <laughs> do bro movies. Do bro movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, uh, bro, I, I really did enjoy movie? this film. Mm. I think it was a really good tap into some relatable high school themes. Yep. And, um, I be it not from. Uh, a girl's point of view from my point of view, obviously, but like, I think the film itself was really, really fun and really good. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. No, I think, I think it's an interesting, you're right. It's so comparable to super bad. And like, Mm. that's what Jack was saying to us at a time. I went to this pretty blind and uh, I'm going to admit, I missed the, I actually missed the first like minute of this film. I walked in halfway through. The opening scene is the meditation scene, which I believe is in the trailer. Yeah. Which I used last week as the bite. That's why I, that's because I, I went into this movie blind, but for some reason that sounded familiar to me. You put it in the podcast. That's I did. Why. <laughs> I did. So, so if I go and watch that trailer, you've essentially is that watched the, the scene. First, yep. Okay, cool. You've essentially um, watched the first minute. Cool. But I walked in halfway through, so I still got the gist of what was going on. And Absolutely. I, of course, watched the rest of the film with sunglasses on. <laughs> yes, because um, my glasses. You've got focals in, like, uh, they're well, glasses, got- they're sun but they're also optical Yeah, glasses. well, it, they're literally sunnies, but they're prescription sunnies. Yes. So they still... That's the imp- word I was yeah, looking for. There you go. No, they still they still improve my um, sight, but I forgot to bring my glasses, so I had to wear my sunnies for half the film, which is not a good film to watch in sunnies. It's a very colourful film. Very colourful, vibrant film. I feel like Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> I, think, I think the film, uh, already one of the first initial takeaways I got from it was... It was visually way more compelling than Superbad. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's not a product of the time. Uh, I don't think just because uh, Superbad's 10 years older or 12 years older um, that it's a it's just not a, as pretty film as this film is. I think, this... I mean, it comes back to direction mm-hmm. in that sense. Um, and Superbad is very nitty-grittyly directed. Yeah. Very much like grounds, uh, on the ground floor sort of thing. This film has a bit more flair to it because I think it's trying to heighten your senses in a lot of ways that Superbad yeah, doesn't try to. I mean, it's like the... The the lenses they use that flare up, you know, mm. that anthropomorphic 
anthropomorphic. I can never say that word. Lens. You got pretty good at it. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, like those lenses that constantly there was always constantly flare um, mm. flaring up on the lens, pretty yep. much the whole way through the film. Which yeah. just uh, from a stylistic point of view can either be perceived as distracting or visually. Yeah, quite pretty. And some of the scenes, it worked. Some of the scenes, it didn't work. But overall, I think. um, And then there were things like some very strange sort of framing stuff that for a comedy... I didn't mind those framings, though. Yeah, wasn't it? I'm not not actually taking a shot at it. I actually think it was cool. But it did have that thing where it felt kind of out of place uh, for, uh, like, or subverting our expectation of this type of comedy. Yeah. Um, For example... um, there was that sort of, uh, it's the Jaws pullback shot. They do one oh, very the vertigo. Early. Yeah, the vertigo shot. Yeah. Where it's like the they push in, but then they're pulling out in the depth of field. Yep, yep. Um, they do one of those very early on mm. um, with one of the characters. It's in the bathroom, which you kind of, just kind of get surfed on a platter, if you will. Yeah. And it's, that scene. it's a, it's a really good scene. And the, f- and the fallout from that scene where it just tracks her like mm. at that a lot of medium close-up, not a lot of wides in this film. Um, yeah, which I I kind of appreciated that because especially in that scene you're talking about, you're talking about the hallway scene mm. um, when they've basically the bell was going off on their last day of school and you have all these slow-mo, really pretty shots of like all this stuff mm-hmm. literally flying around. Um, and I think a wide would have actually kind of taken away from that. Yeah. I think this, this film, for the most part, does keep relatively... Uh, close. Um, mm. It doesn't do super wides, um, which is interesting because it it kind of adds to the intimacy of the story, I guess. But um, I just thought it was an interesting directorial and cinematography yeah. sort of choice. Um, well, another one you pointed out was um, when it's that girl and she's kind of joyriding or she's outside the window of the car as yeah. they're pulling around the school. And maybe you're saying like you were kind of taken off by the framing of that because it was yeah. very high, a lot mm. of headroom in that shot. Heaps of headroom. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was interesting. That might have been the way, but I mean, they probably had the budget to mount it properly, so I don't, I don't. Understand. Oh, it was definitely intentional. I could, uh, and we, I think it led it into the reveal because then the following shot is a wider shot, and you kind of see mm. what the car's actually doing or who's actually driving the car. That kind yes, of. Yes, I guess it. Was, yeah, it's it was sort of that punchline payoff joke. Um, honestly, uh, this film is a lot of fun. Um, mm. it's nice to have a kind of a slightly light-hearted film to talk about because we've had some. Heavier weeks, we've had some real... Uh, emotional ones. Yeah, and um, this film... <laughs> some that made us emotionally yeah. in a bad way. <laughs> and this 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 one definitely felt like just a fun time to be at. It never felt mm. like it was too much work to watch it. It was really entertaining. Um, really strong uh, first innings for Olivia Wilde. Yeah, uh, and I was going to say, she was great. And I don't think she was in the film. She didn't... No, and that I was thought, actually a bit I thought surprising. she was the mother at first. No, that's uh, Lisa Kudrow. It is, yeah. I just checked from that. Friends. <laughs> ah, well, oh. that's Phoebe from Friends, yeah. She looked familiar, but I was like, that's not Olivia Wilde. But that could have been the perfect cameo for her. Kind yeah. of like Stephen Merchant plays the like the the guy's at dad. First, or I the, thought, yeah, um, or the girl's dad. Sorry, I thought the chick that shows up at all the parties was oh, Olivia yeah. Wilde at very first, but then obviously realized it wasn't. Um. Gigi, Gigi, yeah, yeah, and I think that was a that was a fun. Spin. We talk about um, like comedy and that sort of rule of threes, and this film definitely abides by rule of threes and set up some payoffs that comedies should mm. abide by. Even and that's the what, plotting, yeah, yeah. Well, it's what makes uh, a comedy work. If it 
like just on a basic structural level of setting up a joke and paying it off or yep. calling back to a joke three times. And even one of the characters in the film makes a, a rule of three joke, which I thought was interesting. Oh, which joke was it? Uh, the guy who dropped out of uh, failed seventh grade twice, oh, yet yeah, was yeah, still yeah. going to a prestigious uh, like college, college afterwards, and yeah. he was just like rule of three. And I think he oh, says yeah, it twice. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think... Um, <laughs> Which kind is kind of a, a metaphor for the, some of the rest of the stuff. Um, really good callbacks. It's a really tight script. It's one of those things that when you're writing a comedy, you've really got to pay off everything you set mm, up. Yep. Otherwise, those are the things that start putting holes in your film's ship, I guess. Right, yeah. And and sinking it because when people go, oh, that set up in the first act never had a payoff. So. But it's interesting you say that because not only is there three parties in this film, but mm. one of them is on a ship. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Um, I guess we could just kind of go into the sort of play-by-plays and what we enjoyed about yeah, this I'll film. Yeah, I'll say we get into spoilery stuff. Yeah. Or we're going to call it now because I feel like we're going to get into stuff. Yeah. But um, so not, a, not the, a huge the like, spoiler. It's a comedy film. It's a comedy film. It's super bad. It literally is the plot yeah. of super bad. Uh, well, more or less. More or less. More um, or less. Characters have goals. Uh, characters think they, they try to achieve them. <laughs> they try to achieve them. They think they achieve them. They fail them, and then they land on their feet in the end of it. And um, I think this, which fil- I think is part of the issue with the third act. I say it lost steam in the third act. I think that's yes. part of the reason. It, it kind of just turned into what you expect the ending to be. Yeah, it was a bit, especially because it felt like I remember leaning over to you. And, I mean, kudos to the the two female leads, which uh, were so Amy and Molly, played by I think Caitlin Dever. Yep, and, and then Beanie. Fieldstein, I believe is the pronunciation yeah. on that um, one. For Molly. Um, oh, they're so good. I think I have to give uh, kudos to, honestly, probably Beanie Feldstein. She was mm. very funny from the start to the finish. I love both of them. I do too. They had a really good chemistry on screen. Mm. Um, they both kind of looked like high school students. Yeah. Um, particularly uh, the person who played Amy. I think she really fit quite comfortably in the, uh, the high school scene. Um, but... Yeah, no, honestly, it was it was pretty entertaining from the start to the finish, and there was a strange... Uh, it, it was this moment where I didn't know what would actually trigger these two to go out on a night like this, and the way that that okay. revelation comes and the call to action, it's, it, it was really kind of well done. Are you referring to um, the bathroom scene? Or yes. When... Okay, okay. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The, and particularly the, the fallout from that where she just didn't speak for like two hours and then just screamed at the top of her lungs. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Fuck! bullshit no. <laughs> just funny <laughs> just like oh and honestly the the, the parties were really they were, they were all, all very of, unique parties yeah and I, I had a lot of fun with them um i think you're right though i think I, I remember leaning over to you about halfway through the film and going these two are just getting along like a house on fire like there's there's no mm. there's no like premise for it to go i didn't feel like it was going on with super bad you always felt that Jonah Hill's character was quite selfish, right? You always kind of yeah. got that vibe, where I guess with this film, they just seem to be getting along pretty well. That's uh, a good point as well, because in the very similar way, mm-hmm. it turns like it's called out that Molly's like kind of the controlling one of the two. Yeah. And that ends up being kind of the catalyst to their argument, mm-hmm. um, which you're kind of right, is not too dissimilar from what happens in Superbad, yeah. except you know ahead of time. In Superbad, it's so obvious his role. Yeah, and I, I think that might be, um, maybe, I don't know, the maturity of the writer or mm. uh, just the way that uh, Wilde wanted to go about it. But um, I definitely think this film, it kind of came a little bit out of nowhere. It came through a sequence that the I was argument. really... 
Yeah, sort of. Um, however, okay. uh, I really did appreciate the argument and how that scene played out where it was the camera was all one shot and it was just rolling mm. from yeah, sort yeah, of... Yeah, it was yeah. on a, a weird sort of like... I don't want to say dolly, but it kind of felt like a dolly. It almost felt like the two having a conversation and it kind of got to the point where it was over one shoulder and then rolled back to the other shoulder. It's kind of swaying between the two of them. Yeah. And I actually love because obviously the background's in, um, like not in focus. Yeah. Or, you know, out of focus. And you kind of, you're expecting that, like, oh, now everyone around them is going to start to re- notice the, mm-hmm. the argument. And, and they're going to do attention. a cutaway to people noticing the yeah, argument. But what they do instead, even it's out of focus, because people start pulling their phones, you see little lights mm. start to appear in the background. And it's like, that's quite clever, actually. Absolutely. And I think, it, and the bit I liked the most was actually a bit of an audio uh, sort of thing that they opted to do, okay. which was the as the argument was proceeding, they became gradually drowned out and they did a sort of that white noise like that sound, which I really liked because it, it kind of really did add weight to the scene. And I remember it's, it's such a funny thing because it almost feels like their low point kind of comes out of nowhere. Mm. Once again, tying it back to super bad, you can see, like you said, you can see the argument, the falling out long before it actually happens. You know where we're going. Whereas in this one, up until about two minutes before, you and I were sitting there going, I can't, th- we know this is going to go wrong, but we're like, well, we, we couldn't pick the moment. Because we were looking, obviously the two span out into their own little like, okay, I'm going to go for this guy. I'm going to go for this girl. Mm-hmm. Sort of their, you know, their crushes essentially. Mm-hmm. And it seems to go really well. So well that, yeah, we're both leaning into each other being like, oh God, yeah, they're going to go so badly. And, and um, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, to they... the to the credit of the film, that's not because the film was projecting it. It was... More the case of we've watched films like this and we know that this oh, is the point. Oh, we've been in those situations. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we know that it's it's only a matter of time till you hit that sort of character low point. Uh, I do admit it lost steam in the third act simply because after this low point, um, and I think this might have been the one case where I feel like they wrote themselves into a little bit of a corner yeah, with a, char- a character, Amy's uh, character, who is a lesbian in the film, and... Um, she's pursuing this girl and that's kind of what we've been told is the goal. Yeah. And up until the point in the film where she discovers uh, the girl she's into is actually hooking up with the guy that, uh, that Molly's into. into yeah. Um, we feel like that's just the sole goal. And really this whole time, you know, she goes into the bathroom and has a really weird exchange with another character who we only have seen in one scene prior to this, right? which is in a kind of a classroom establishing scene to establish all the kind of the B characters as per se. And, um, they have a weird exchange, which leads to them making out and hooking up Yeah, where I, I don't understand. The one thing about this is, we don't see the characters get notably drunk throughout this film. Um, they have they get high. <laughs> they do get high, and we do see that. But we also, like I said, we see yeah. that happening. That that joke with the strawberries. We saw them yep, eat yep, the yep. strawberries. It happened. Yeah. Um, but obviously, they're kind of just these two characters. They sort of just get together because it was more the case of, oh, we need to shoehorn in this sort of happy ending. Yeah. Um, okay. And that was a little like disappointing because it was like this char- the, the character they gave that to was apparently just this quote unquote popular girl mm. who we saw once, didn't have a lot to say, and then sort of just was in the bathroom where Amy chose to have a breakdown and right, that sort yeah, of just yeah, into. Yeah. There, there wasn't really, a, that was probably the only case I could see that didn't really have a setup payoff. 
Okay, um, so she should have. I agree. She should have been established better whereas, earlier in the plot. Well, in her, in in the opposite end, Molly's uh, romantic uh, interest character right, okay, did get a set up in the yeah, first yeah, act. Yeah, you're right. So we did see that. Oh, this is where this is going to go. Um, but not so much with um, Amy's character. Yeah, and, I, I I can agree with that. Yeah, I mean the scene's nice, but you're right. It it kind of not that it comes out of nowhere in the sense... I can understand why she jumps to make out with this person, mm-hmm. in, a, in a sense, especially what she just went through. But you're right, the character they chose to make that, I agree, they should have mm. peppered I, up a I bit I mean, more. I don't know. You have this big falling out with your friend, you're not really going to be compelled to just hook up with a girl that you... I mean, there was never an exchange of looks or something that showed us as the audience that this character is actually secretly interested in this other right. character. There is one exchange where she looks at her in the classroom and you're like, okay, it looks like she might be got some ulterior motive there, but it just wasn't enough, I don't think. Okay. It, it's a blink and you'll miss it sort of situation. And, yeah, okay. And this film did so much uh, so much good work with mm. setups and payoffs and honestly every... the uh, Really lo- quite a large uh, B cast and making them all kind of fun. In their own little quirky ways. Yeah, you definitely got used to a lot of the kind of side characters there. I mean, if you if you think about like Superbad has a has a big lineup, but I I think this has a bigger, and I think it does it better with a lot of the characters. Okay. Um, be interesting to go mm. back and watch Superbad and see. Like, yeah. I know you got the whole McLovin storyline, and then that's yeah, one yeah, half, yeah. and then you've got sort of the Jonah Michael Sarah. I think I think Superbad does a better job at the character, the cast that they have. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Superbad has a slightly smaller cast, but does better things with them. In, okay. Not not does better things, but they have more to do on their own individual kind of arcs. Okay. Um, while with this with this story, you had a few in there, but I, I don't think that was as well developed. Um, even though I still think this film was made better than mm-hmm. Superbad. Um, I don't know. I just think the handling character it kind of, it's almost like Spider Man Homecoming and Far From Home, where they got all these like high school friends mm-hmm. characters. Um, they kind of have their own quirks, but not a lot in the way of actual character Well, it comes back to the, the US office formula. A lot of the supplementary characters are one-note characters mm. that are kind of just there for their set-up and payoff punchline, right, yeah. while you still have the three or four central characters that that's true. offer the most uh, push in the story. I mean, that's that's generally how a lot of like sort of comedies work. But, yeah. I mean, uh, I think I think the thing they nailed, at least, is the actual the atmosphere or the vibe of high school because there's a lot of films that get that wrong. Mm. I think this film does a pretty good job of that. I mean, we haven't been to high school and we've been out for a few years now, mm-hmm. but I can totally see this kind of being the vibe. This is what I think high school is leaning towards. Not so much like the the jocks versus the nerds, that kind of thing. Yeah, That's a very 80s feeling, but this, yeah. This one definitely had a more like... I mean, the, the, the big, big plus that this one does, which mm. I really like, is when... Two thumbs uh, up, Zeke. When when Molly and Amy <laughs> rock up at the party, they're not greeted with a scale. Yeah, no, a, they don't get like a huge boo sort of thing. Like, they're like, oh, shit, okay, hi. Yeah, they're not You're... getting scolded for rocking up at the party. They're actually, yeah. everyone's generally really happy to see them because yeah. they're like, we're done. There's no point in being hostile. And yeah, that's a good point. You guys are choosing to loosen up, so we're going to enjoy the party, and that's and that's a mixture of obviously people been drinking, so they're probably drunk. But that's yep. true. That's what happens at those sort of parties when everyone's kind of happy, and those are the people that even you know for the years that it's been that sort of division to it, it kind of blurs. Yeah, you know? and this film. I mean, there's a good word blur. Like it blurs the line between the hierarchies of high school these days. Yeah, yeah. There are still good-looking people, and then there's the yeah, and that was like the, the thing. But it's like. Yeah. I liked that. I liked that inclusivity, and they didn't make a 
they weren't even they weren't even there to be embarrassing either. Yeah. They weren't there to be the setup to a joke. Like this film could have easily gone the whole route that oh the jocks were just setting them up and playing along with See, them. See for a little while when Molly was talking to is it Ben? The guys who's throwing the party. Yeah, yeah. Is that actually is his name Ben? Oh, quick fact check. You should fact check that. I feel like that's what they say his name like a thousand times in the thing. But uh, I honestly thought for a little while that's what they were going to go with that because Molly's really getting along with this guy, and um, it's like oh looking Nick. Nick, you're right. Um, Nick. I thought for a little bit I was like oh maybe Nick's like maybe it's a big ploy. But after a while I was like no that's silly. This film mm. wouldn't do that. And I think it's more the case that he hooked up with her because uh, hooked up with uh, Ryan. Ryan, yep. Simply because. Ryan was, showed up afterwards. Ryan was, was just there? in the right place at the right time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was a pre, which is a very that's very. That's actually a good point as well. An insanely true point about high school and yeah. how sort of. Uh, it wasn't a personal attack at either yeah. our two main characters. It, you're right. Time and place. Yeah. Both both were drinking, really both were having a good time, both were in that place at the, that time. Yeah. And I think that, and that's pretty consistent between all of the uh, relationships that build in, in that party mm. scene. But it's a, it's a good thing to note because it's that's kind of true to high school. I mean, there was there's definitely a... Uh, uh, fragileness with yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of everyone has those crushes and aspirations, but uh, yeah, I, I think uh, just because they were in the right place at uh, the right time, that's what happened. So I'm happy to break into highlight scenes if you are. Sure. I want to bring one thing up to note before we do that because mm-hmm. we talk a lot about the plot in terms of how accurate this is all portrayed and everything mm-hmm. from you know first time director Olivia Wilde. This film was not actually written by her. In fact, this film was written by four other people. None of which were Olivia Wilde. Really? Which I thought was fascinating, yeah. Um, hopefully I don't get these names incorrect. It was written by Emily Halpern, uh, Sarah Haskins, Susanna Fogle, and Kate, uh, Katie Silberman. So, if I'm not mistaken, that's an all-female team? Yes, it is. Well, it sounds like it. It does sound like We're it. I'm not going to judge. So I will apologise if they aren't all-females, but, but from my understanding, sounds, yeah. sounds like they were an all-female team, which that's a pretty... That's pretty crazy in its own right. It's strange. Four different people. I mean, they got it pretty well spot on. Fun. They found a good balance. They must have all been on the same page. Yeah. Um, and none of them directed it. That's crazy to me. Yeah. I think that's... Uh, I want to... I, I do think this film is funny. Um, but I think I liked the film not because of the funny stuff, more right. just because the, it was just a nice film to watch. It was, it was, I was compelled by the characters. I yeah. was... Wanting them to succeed. And I love those two leads so much. Yeah. They're so fun. Um, highlight scenes, though, will mm. be some of the, the funniest stuff, the stuff that actually okay. made me laugh. And Interesting. Actually, a lot of this film left me smiling more than laughing, which is kind of a... Uh, I don't understand that, but it's kind of true. I didn't think I laughed as much as probably I did in Super We Bowl, had a weak it, crowd as well. Do you have a weak crowd? I do think the cinema makes uh It makes and breaks that kind of thing, yeah. Them. Yeah. Um, Highlight scene I really liked. Uh, I liked two of them that I can think of, and both of them were involved with cars. Uh, I really okay. enjoyed the Jason Sudeikis Uber driver or Lyft. Oh. <laughs> they, they they were sponsored by Lyft, not not Uber. Um, yeah, that's a good point. It was no Ubers in this film. Yeah, it was L I I think it's the L Y F T. So they were the Lyft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Team, not Ubers. Lyft. Um, but that's Jason Sudeikis scene was very funny, particularly with uh, the two lead characters watching porn. In no. the back, and we <laughs> that knew was, it was hilarious, and that was, that was a really so funny, funny scene. Um, and then the other one I really liked is when they got into the pizza car 
uh, the pizza. Oh, that turnaround, yeah, yeah. And how that guy ended up being like an actual like axe murderer, which was obviously and he had a, a gun and everything. Good, good setup payoff. Um, I really like actually the shot sequence of um the pizza stuff when they were like, oh, how many orders tonight have had fifteen pizzas, and then cuts to the pizza shop and it was all one shot. Oh, the little as tracking packing, across the, I was the sitting pizza. there totally judging because I've been, I've obviously worked in a pizza shop mm-hmm. for about a year and I've always imagined how I would shoot that pizza shop. Yeah. Not too dissimilar from how I would have done it, but obviously a different layout and everything. Yeah. I kind of liked it. Though. I like the punchline joke, which made you laugh, which <laughs> which was <laughs> the guy was holding two pizzas and he had to take, and they both were half cheese, half like bacon and mushroom. And he yeah, was yeah. like, that's just a bacon and mushroom pizza and a and a, and a cheese pizza. And He's then like judging the order, yeah. Your your laugh made it funnier because it was like I'm sure you've had that before. Because <laughs> I know where that's coming it's from. It's equivalent to me hearing like a barista joke, and it's uh, like, yeah, uh, that made me laugh because I was like, yep, I know this guy all too real. Oh, that's funny. I'm surprised you didn't... Uh, one scene in particular you didn't list as a highlight scene, which I would probably list as one of my well, highlight scenes. that's probably why I didn't list it, okay, but I know which one because you wanted I'm... me to get into it? Yeah. Um, so, as mentioned, they uh, accidentally get high mm-hmm. at one point, and they basically pass out and uh, wake up, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. as dolls. Yeah, and this is like... <laughs> I like these sort of. Uh, they, I, I guess I can equate them to like robot chicken esque animation. Yeah, kind um, of. Yeah, okay. This one definitely felt more robot chicken than like uh, sort of the Wes Anderson stop motion stuff. How do you think they did it? Had to be. I think that's stop motion. That would have been cool. Would have been really cool. But would have been motion. silly if it was CGI, but you never know. But um, I would have really, uh, if it was stop motion, I would have appreciated. How were the faces animated? I'm trying to remember. I think they were animated like their mouths were. They weren't like robot chicken where it's like the mouth. Yeah, sort of yeah. Is drawn on, drawn on, and it moves. Um, I can't quite remember that part. It looked great though. Um, it was really funny. Yeah, and I think the 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 reason why I think that and that scene in particular I think is the funniest scene in the film is because what the characters do. And obviously, you as the audience are visualizing the human versions of this doing it. That's what I thought the joke was going to be. It would like. <laughs> yeah, like, it would lead to someone opening have, the door. It, is it? Um, it's Amy who's like, basically just starts playing with herself as a doll. Yeah. And I was imagining, yeah, like it would cut to the group. They've all found her doing that in real life, sort and of thing. I would have really, I would have liked that to be the joke in the sense that someone walks in, but they're still the doll forms of themselves oh, and okay. just le- like does it like that. That yeah. way you're you're getting around like the super crude and kind of way too over visualized stuff. That's a good point. But it would have been too much you, for this film. Yeah, but you're also getting that sort of punchline. It yeah, would have been cool yeah. to have a human walk in on them. Yeah, exactly. Because or even just another doll version, because they see everyone's as dolls. So like <laughs> a, a doll version of like I don't know. It, the best character would have been that. Uh, is it is it Gigi? Is it Gigi? I think yeah. If she that would have made in, sense. Yeah, it would have. Because then it's not so crude, and she's like so insane anyway that it would have been they wouldn't have been yeah ratted exactly. Out by or anyone. She would have known what's happening. Yeah, yeah. So if she That's... walked in, it could have. Yeah, honestly, it would have been really funny if she walked in and was just like, oh, "I see you guys are busy," and like just checks out. Or yeah, says some yeah. like crazy line that some she says. crazy thing. Yeah, she had like it a was... whole plethora of them in this. It was film. kind of because she almost. I always imagine like obviously she keeps appearing out of nowhere, sort of yeah. thing. It's like it's kind of this. What, like, how is it physically possible you'd yeah. be here, sort of thing? I was surprised she didn't end up being some sort of like physical guardian angel because that's where I thought they were going to go with it. 
Oh, really? Is that she like was the... going to be like the like the secret person who's kind of guiding them through the? I thought that's what it was going to be. I and think then she's they just did insane. <laughs> <laughs> they did nothing with it. But her, it would have but... been cool. I think that would have been the only thing I would have added to that scene. Other than that, though, it was really funny. I think the mm. the best bit in that bit was when um Molly was like. I want to try something, and she does the splits, and she's never oh, done yeah. those. And I, I just found that funny because yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's uh, and they're like commenting it's... on their own like figures, and then they immediately take their clothes off and stuff. Yeah, and, and I, I, I think if you're going to do, it wouldn't have been too much to ask if someone had walked in on them because they yep. literally took their clothes off, and we're looking essentially for a couple of minutes of the film, we're looking at two naked Barbie dolls. Yeah, essentially, like, um, and they are like Barbie dolls, so it's like. I think it would have been just a good way to finish that scene. Instead, it cuts to downstairs. And, and then like, they do that, the robot walk outside. Which is also pretty funny. That's fine, but I think it would have been funner to, or more, more fun to yeah, yeah. incorporate Gigi. Or, like, I would say Gigi yeah. would have been the perfect character for that. Oh, she would absolutely. Have, she would have worked perfectly. She could have come scene. in like knowing what was happening already. Yeah. yeah, but, um, and, and wouldn't have had any consequence with the, the latter part of the film because... That's just the character. I mean, yeah. there's, there's literally a scene later in the film where she says she's a swordfish and then she belly flops oh. into the pool. <laughs> the sound effect in that. Oh, everyone but, just um, like... The one Oops. other thing I want to give a quick shout out before we move on, um, going back again to that argument scene they have in the middle of the party, mm-hmm. you mentioned how the audio is really clever mm-hmm. um, because it kind of fades out. You stop hearing what they're talking about. Yeah. And um, I just wanted to kind of throw in that as well. I thought that was really clever because from a thematical point of view... At that point, what they're arguing about doesn't matter. They've got the crux of the argument, which mm-hmm. is, um, oh, you've lied to me. I thought you... I didn't realize you were traveling to Africa for X amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of appreciated that, that. Like, when you have an argument with someone, sometimes you forget the details. And yeah. that's what I got from that scene. And I thought it was very clever. No, I think that's... Uh, I, I really like, like that scene. Um, I do think the ending is a little bit like... Mm. Uh, it's still on the nose, I think, a little bit. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. It feels like it's the only time that it's not trying to be something different. It's actually just taking kind of a safe exit. I think that's um, perfectly on, on um, point, yeah. Whereas parts of the film, like, I, I remember particularly with that like ladder scene we were talking about with When They Are Dolls, I was like, this, this is like super brave. Mm. And as soon as super she, bad woke, brave. When she <sighs> woke up, and she's looking at her hands that are plastic. And I, I you jump back. You're like, what? <laughs> I, but I loved it. It was yeah. like, oh, like I honestly, I love drug hallucinogen scenes, but they're some of them. <laughs> some really? of them are just like way too easy. Like I, particularly right. if we're going to talk about another sort of film that Seth Rogen was involved in. This is the end. They do. Let's oh, take all the drugs. I remember that. And yeah. it's just like a montage of kind of like slow mo and then blowing bubbles, and it's like a so lazy, ob- yeah. a little lazy. It just felt. Especially with the given the context of the rest of how unique that film is, like yeah. this scene took a really cool angle with it. it was I fun. really enjoyed yeah. it. Um, I thought you were going to mention Easy Rider for a minute. <laughs> that's that's ugh. another way of doing a drug scene. Weird. I feel like they were actually on drugs drugs in that one. Pretty, that's like very uh, obvious. I think. Uh, yeah. uh, but I don't know. I, I think this one was the one. Like there were moments where I was a little bit like, "Oh, I hope this film picks up." But that that definitely that second act was so good. Like this... I mean, the second act's the best. I mean, I I love this film. Again, I think the third act is a weak because you're right. I think it plays it too safe towards mm-hmm. the end. Um, especially once that scene where um, Amy and that girl start making out in the bathroom. From that point onwards. It just didn't have that spark of interest I was hoping for, but yeah, yeah, still a great film I, overall. I think literally there's a, I mean, there's a joke. Like the whole joke is that Amy, 
I think I like when she drank it and then started a gag. I thought it was chewing tobacco, but that's also like twenty years ago. <laughs> chewing tobacco, <laughs> it was just chewing gum, and um, and then she throws up on the girl that oh, she's yeah, yeah. hooking up with, which that is very super baddy. Yeah, little plot point. And I think Superbad had jokes in it like that. I really just didn't care for. Mm. Um, I don't like jokes that are like over. I've never been a big like toilet humor, sort of crude, like gotcha. bodily function esque humor person. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's that funny. Um, and I thought that scene felt weird because it was like it was weirdly inserted, obviously, to give the payoff at the end. Following, like I, I've talked about earlier, like the fight, which mm. is such a heavy thing. Yeah, and then we follow it up with a hookup throw up scene. It just feels a little un, like uneven. Okay, I, I see think. what you mean. Um, uh, particularly because Molly's character essentially just leaves the party mm. and has a real kind of somber scene with a with a, one of the supplementary the characters girl, yeah. who picks her up. Um, so, I mean, I, I think I even said audibly in the theatre, I'm like, man, give Amy a break, Jesus. She had a, <laughs> had a rough couple of minutes there. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I, th- I would absolutely say that this film was a pleasant surprise yep. and would definitely recommend people seeing it uh, in theatres right now. Yeah, yeah. So. still out there. It was a bit hard for us to find a session. Yeah, there's only one on a day now, which so. it's a bit ridiculous, honestly. Hoyt's it's not like you got much else going on film wise, <laughs> but it was really hard for us to yeah find a time. We made yeah. it work. What's at three forty five in the afternoon? This film is not a three forty five in the afternoon really kind not, of film. Yeah, but we made it work. Yeah, that's all right. Well, uh, cool. Olivia Wilde's directorial debut, debut Booksmart, is currently out in theaters. In your yeah. local area. I'd say catch it sooner rather than later. Yes. Otherwise, you might have to wait till the DVD comes out. But we recommend exactly. it. Cool. No worries. All righty. Well, Zeke. Yes. There's not a lot coming out in the next week. As we have talked about earlier in the show. That's true. Yeah. Well, there's... Uh, look, I got my little list open. There's a lot of stuff coming out on Thursday, on the 1st. But um, a lot of stuff I'm not really too interested in personally. I mean, you've got the uh, Hobbs and Shaw, Fast and Furious... Cool, no. I guess. <laughs> sure, not really a big fan of that. It's a film called Friendzone coming out. I don't really know what that's about. Um, I'm assuming it's about the Friendzone, Jake. Oh, <laughs> yeah, nothing that really personally grabs me. Well, that I'm being just said, the else. benefits of these driest times in the uh, film industry uh, mm-hmm. means that we can go back and watch some hidden gems that may be out on streaming platforms or on DVD. Ooh, and I'm fancy. very happy to say that next week we'll be catching... One of these films. What are we watching, Jake, next week on the show? I don't know. Well, Zeke, like uh, we did once, uh, which was a film that you saw ahead of time and mm-hmm. really wanted me to watch. Um, and now we're going to do that again because I really enjoyed once. We are watching Blue Jay. Jim? Hi, Amanda. <laughs> Tell me about your husband. Really? Yeah. You're not married, huh? No, 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 no. Married to the work. Married to the drywall Married to the work. Former high school sweethearts Jim and Amanda have been out of touch for more than 20 years. But they run into each other at a grocery store back of their alpine hometown of Crestine, California. So this is like the high school fallout film. From, uh, yeah, this could be a following... sequel to what we just did. <laughs> uh, it definitely is not. Um, so I watched this film. I think I talked about it last week on the I show. I think it was last week, yep. Um, and I do think it deserves uh, a bit of a showcase mm. or a 
a center point of discussion because I think this is one of those films, much like Once, much like Nebraska, that people need to watch and can watch it quite easily. And so it is on Netflix. Yeah, uh, center point of conversation. Yeah, absolutely. It's currently sitting on Netflix. It's been sitting there for about a year and a half. Took it's me that sitting long. there waiting for us to watch it. Well, it took me that long <laughs> to watch it, and gotcha. I like. And honestly, it's pretty brilliant. Um, it stars Mark Duplass, who's also one of the writers on the show. Um, mm. So I'm happy to talk about it with you next week on the show. Beautiful. Well, uh, before we head off, just a quick reminder: if you want to hear, if you want to have your say in which Quentin Tarantino film we do in episode 30, mm-hmm. so that'll be two weeks from now, uh, go on either of our Instagrams. That's uh, ZKMH or J the Clicker, mm-hmm. and you can uh, vote on whether we want to do. The we'll, Reservoir Dogs or Pulp Fiction? Yeah, we'll probably pop that one up, I'm assuming, either Friday or Saturday. Okay, that's um, a good idea. Because then that weekend. way it would perfectly line up with next week on the show so we can then Beautiful. announce the winner. So catch cool. that later in the week after you finish watching this or listening to this episode. Which would be any second now. Yeah, exactly. Unless we just want to extend it. No, we well, talk about right. nothing. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the Cinema Side Show. I was Zeke. And I was Jake. And we'll catch you next week with Blue Jay. <laughs>